Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solutions-focused insights for healthcare executives with new episodes airing every Tuesday. I'm Amanda Norris, and I'm the Associate Content Manager of the Finance Markets for Health Leaders. Today, I'm here to chat with Stuart Battersby, CFO of Firefly Health, a virtual primary care organization on strategies he has used to improve financial outcomes and drive growth. Stuart, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So to start off, can you give us a little bit of background on yourself and Firefly Health? Absolutely. Um, Let's talk about Firefly Health first. Um, Firefly Health is a virtual advanced primary care provider. We use a team-based approach combining physicians, nurses, mental health professionals, and also health coaches to basically improve people's health and drive value through the healthcare system. And we have also breached out of care delivery and now we offer um, coverage services. So we can administer a uh, company's health plan on their behalf. And when we combine that with the care that we deliver, um, our goal is really to drive financial and clinical health through the entire system. and to provide a joyful experience. So that's Firefly Health. Um, With regard to me, I've committed my entire career to leaving healthcare in a better state than I found it. Um, I've always been trying to provide better, more affordable, comprehensive care to as many people as possible. And I've done that working in hospitals, diagnostic companies, health plans, and um, this is my second startup. Uh, and now I'm working for a virtual advanced primary care delivery um, system. Again, just trying to deliver better healthcare, making people healthier and happier as I go. So an organization like Firefly is a fairly new concept. And as telehealth organizations historically face reimbursement challenges, what direction do you plan to take Firefly's financial strategy? Firefly is you know, a virtual care provider, but we don't just provide care. We navigate people through the entire system. Um, I just talked about we also now offer um, combined care and coverage. And the reason why we do that is because I've worked in health insurance companies for the majority of my career. And health insurance companies aren't necessarily trusted and um, thoroughly enjoyed by the average consumer. Yet everybody trusts the doctor. So when you combine those two things together, which is what a Firefly is, you've really got an organization that people trust, that people rely upon to manage their health. But because of that trust and that engagement, that relationship that we're able to build up through our health care providers, we can also navigate people to the most value, um, the highest value, the better, most appropriate setting and just drive costs out of the entire system. So the majority of the healthcare system is based on what's called a fee-for-service basis, whereby a provider performs a service and gets reimbursed directly. We don't look to be reimbursed that way. What we look to be reimbursed on is a value-based structure, whereby the value that we create for our customers, and that customer might be an existing carrier, like a blues organization, or it could be a large employer, and one day it could even be the government. So what we'd like to do is to get reimbursed for the value that we create for that entity rather than being paid on a piecemeal basis for 
each and every service that we provide. My next question ties a little bit into that. Your website says top-notch healthcare without the top-notch price. So how do you grow an organization like yours while keeping your expenses low as well as your patients' costs low? What processes do you put in place? Would you say that has to do with your value-based care? Yeah, to some extent. Everything comes down to, uh, you know, getting more value out of the system. But then the question is, how do you do that? And uh, what I would say is the secret that we employ is technology and automation. Um, So not only do we have fantastic, empathetic care professionals, real people behind the screen who can deliver care, build relationships and and get engagement, but we also employ technology. And so we're able to employ technology to better capture um, the diagnoses, the risk of the patient that we're serving. We're able to employ technology such that our physicians are only performing those activities necessary. And that way we make them more productive and more efficient. And we're able to um, employ technology to better look at the experience that our members, our patients have had in the past and to be able to determine who needs a high touch approach versus who needs maybe just a little bit of coaching. Um, a lot of our care is provided asynchronously, which means not just face-to-face with a physician, but at any point through the day at the convenience of the member, maybe through a text or a chat-based approach. And we believe that this constant high-touch, always-on approach um, provides better savings, and we're able to use technology to drive efficiency. So you wrap all of that together, and you know we're really something different in the industry. We've combined care and coverage. We use technology while still maintaining a fantastic care product. And we believe that ultimately um, the savings will will be demonstrated and we can pass those savings onto our customers and eventually onto each and every consumer that we serve. You know, value-based care obviously is not new. And I've heard a lot of executives say that they're starting to think about switching back towards a fee-for-service model. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's um, a company-by-company approach. I think that a lot of value-based care was somewhat of a buzzword in the industry, you know, five years ago, and everybody was pursuing it. And um, there was somewhat of gamification in the value-based care uh, approach that a lot of companies performed. We don't do that. So, we're not just pursuing value-based care because it's a buzzword, it's the, the new trend. We actually believe that this is the way that savings are going to be driven through the healthcare system. As I said before, you know, people value the relationship that they have with the healthcare provider. People um, want to be helped through a really complicated healthcare system. And it's, to, it's difficult to do that when you're getting paid fee-for-service, which is what you just said a lot of companies are thinking about reverting to. Not everything that a healthcare professional does can be captured in a CPT code. A lot of the guidance, the coaching, the relationship building, the handholding, it can't be captured in a CPT code. So, you know, we believe that fee-for-service is an antiquated system that provides motivations that are not good for the system as a whole. And we also believe that people deserve more and better care. So we are fully behind value-based care. We would actually like to go the other way 
and um, structure our contracts so we take more risk and that we get paid um, proportionally more for the value that um, we create. So we're actually going in the other direction. But again, it's company by company uh, specific. I think a lot of companies like the idea of value-based curve, but then weren't able to implement it efficiently. And now they're trying to revert back to what worked for them in the past. So how do you plan to drive growth and strategic initiatives and compete against other brick and mortar organizations? I would argue that we don't have to compete against brick and mortar organizations. In fact, to some extent, we may even be complementary. We believe that an awful lot of care can be done uh, remotely. Um, virtually through a screen, uh, through a chat-based system, but it doesn't need to be in-person, face-to-face. We believe that it is more convenient, it's always on, um, and that when you make healthcare convenient and easily accessed, people will engage with the system uh, more readily and better manage the health to get better rewards. But we also acknowledge that there is a point where virtual care can only go so far and care in the home can only go so far. And at some point in a person's um, journey, they may may need to have a physician actually lay their hands on them, listen to them, you know, observe something in person. And for that reason, what we uh, refer to brick and mortar um, providers as is our last mile partners. And we refer people out to last mile partners. So going back to your question, I don't think that we necessarily need to compete with brick and mortar um, facilities. I think that we can provide virtual care. We can provide care in the home all the way up to the point where it's not appropriate. And then we can refer people to brick and mortar. So we can be complementary in many regards. And then I honestly think that the healthcare system as a whole, the addressable market is large enough where we don't necessarily have to compete even against brick and mortar primary care or even advanced primary care organizations. I think that there's enough space in the system right now for everybody. And um, I'll use myself as an example. You know, I'm in, now in my early 50s. I had never really managed my health in a traditional setting like you would expect. Um, I hadn't built a relationship with a primary care doctor. And really, the reason was that it wasn't convenient. I live a very busy schedule. I work extremely hard and I don't want to take 30 minutes or maybe two hours out of my day to drive to a brick and mortar primary care facility to sit in a waiting room to meet a doctor. That was just too inconvenient. But now that I'm with Firefly, I've met telephonically um, with providers. I've chatted with providers. My health has been very well managed. Uh, I'm lucky that I don't have any uh, lingering uh, issues that have uh, arisen since I've better managed my health. But Fireflies works extremely well for me because it, it is convenient. It fits in with my busy lifestyle. And Firefly is perfect for somebody like me, but it's not perfect for everybody. Some people would prefer a brick and mortar face to face situation, and that's perfectly OK. So, again, I don't feel as if we're necessarily going head-to-head competing with brick-and-mortar providers. I think they were complementary in many regards, and I think that the system as a whole is large enough and people are diverse enough where it can be a primary care doctor for everybody, and people just need to decide what type of uh, structure they prefer. 
how does building a financial strategy for a provider such as yours differ from building a plan for a hospital or health system? Would you argue that your expenses are lower overall? We would hope so. Um, I've worked in hospital systems and hospital systems carry huge amounts of overhead and that creates incentives and motivations to cover that overhead. And that really lends itself well to fee-for-service type arrangements where the hospital is motivated to keep as many beds filled to cover that overhead. As a virtual primary care organization that is completely virtual at this point, we would hope that our overhead is drastically lower than a brick and mortar. So what that means is we don't have to cover that overhead and we can employ more uh, resources into care and care delivery and technology and innovation without just having to cover that overhead by driving volume. So that's a fundamental um, pillar of what we believe and what we're trying to do. And then what I would say is as Firefly develops, our belief is that automation and technology is going to be the key to uh, financial health um, for, for our organization. Um, we look to automate as much as we can. So all of those things that are currently performed manually by physicians, by health coaches, at some point in the future, we will hope to automate. Um, we're at a point in technology where there's an awful lot of exciting developments, especially in the world of generative AI. Um, and I think that there's so many use cases in the healthcare system that um, costs can be driven out by better use of technology. So we're really on the road to this, but um, Firefly is constantly looking to innovate, to employ technology, um, to deliver fantastic care, but in a more efficient way. So on that note, what areas do you think that you would automate first? Like, are you thinking revenue cycle? Um, all of it, quite frankly. Um, we talked about um, care and coverage earlier. There's an awful lot that can be automated within the way that you pay for healthcare. You know, going back to your point with the with the revenue cycle, and there's a lot of companies that are operating in that space. But the way that I look at it is, um, there's areas of specific care delivery that can be automated. We get a lot of people talking into, chatting into Firefly, asking about the benefits, asking about the way the coverage is structured, and we've got people on the other end of that chat who are um, chatting back, all of that can be automated. You know, we now live in a world with machine learning where um, an awful lot of these chats can be fed into an AI machine and the AI can do just as good of a service as uh, a human. I think that that's the future. We're very early on it and we're still learning, but I think that that is the future of where healthcare is headed. Um, and I think over the next five years, we'll see an awful lot of developments in that area. Um, and we're just getting started. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask you a question about how you manage a unique workforce while keeping labor costs low and improving clinical productivity. So are you saying you would use AI in that sense? It could be. We haven't yet. Um, the way that we've managed our workforce is to, uh, number one, you've got to hire extremely well. You've got to onboard even better. And then at that point in a virtual world, it's all about communication. You need everybody rowing in the same direction. You need everybody understanding why Firefly is different, what we're trying to achieve and how we do it. And uh, you need better training, better processes. 
Um, we've got a fantastic uh, patient management system that our providers adore. And that's part of the technology and the secret source that Firefly has put in place. But going back to your question, I do think that AI can and will inject itself into um, every healthcare provider's workflow at some point. It's not there yet, but you know we're all, we're already hearing about studies that um, AI is being employed by some other companies to help physicians with decision support. So an AI would make recommendations that a physician would either approve or or you know disapprove. Um, we haven't done that yet, but there are companies in the healthcare ecosystem who started to think that way. And I think that that's coming uh, is just very early. As virtual care providers continue to grow, what keys to success or lessons learned do you have for other CFOs of these type of organizations? So the, uh, I said earlier, this is my second startup. Startups are, are different. We're trying to do something different than the incumbents. We're trying to change a legacy system. And my advice to other CFOs in similar situations is to focus on the mission and the job at hand rather than focusing on the valuation of the company and the way that the company is being perceived by the investment community. I think that that was something that was prominent in 2020. And with a change in the economy, it's far more important now to demonstrate the value and demonstrate the product market fit and the profit that you can take from the system uh, by performing your job in a better way rather than just chasing growth. So my advice to other CFOs would be focus on your day-to-day job, the blocking and tackling, make sure that your team is aligned and operating the same way. Make sure that the culture of the organization is execution focused, that you've got clear milestones, that everybody's working and achieving those milestones and the rewards will come your way rather than just chasing growth at all costs, trying to buy business and trying to improve the valuation of the company. I'm a firm believer now that the valuation of the company will naturally come your way. But in order for that to happen, you have to be better than your competition and provide a better service that people adore. So how do you ensure that your investors don't pull out when you're following a strategy like this? It's all about having very clear, transparent milestones uh, and then not just having the milestones, but achieving them. And what, we, what we've been able to do is be attractive to investors. And then we've put a roadmap in place and we've made firm commitments. And then we've demonstrated that not only can we make those commitments, but we can achieve them. We've got ambitions of being a virtual Kaiser, and that's not going to happen in the next year, in the next two years. We're going to need support from investors. We're going to need a really active workforce with a lot of technological improvements to make that happen. So what we do is set very short-term, medium-term and long-term goals, and we make darn sure that we hit them. And uh, we attract investment. We put it to work. Uh, we allocate the capital in the right way to hit those milestones. And uh, we're able then to demonstrate to the next set of investors the progress that we've made and why we're a really good um, investment, uh, a place to allocate their capital to. Um, because one day, you know, we do expect to be a virtual Kaiser and um, change the healthcare system for everybody. 
Thank you so much. That's all the time that we have for today, unfortunately. Um, but like I said, thank you for joining me. And it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Amanda. Of course. All right. Well, this brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. And we'll be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights.